2: to lesbian shout.
1: Let's hang
2: out. Let's hang out. Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Hang Out. I'm Ellie Brigida.
1: And I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And welcome to our 10th installment of Should've
2: Been Gay. And this Should've Been Gay is for Gilmore Girls. Oh, oh,
1: oh, it was fun, it was oh, great, oh, but it should've and more specifically, we are going to be focusing on one ship that we think should have been gay in Gilmore Girls, and I think we're not the only ones, and that is the love that dare not speak its name, Paris and Rory. Ugh,
2: the love-hate relationship to end all love-hate relationships. <laughs>
1: oh my lord. Do they have a ship name? I feel like they should have.
2: Well, I guess it's sort of weird. Perry or... Rory, Pori. Pori.
1: Rare, rare, rare if, Yeah,
2: there's there's nothing they, good yeah, in Yeah, their there. names don't go together very well, so maybe that's why they didn't put some, them together in the show, but.
1: Ooh, what about, you could do like, Par, Paramore, Paramore, I do Paramore? Know. Trying, Paris and Gilmore, I don't know.
2: Oh, Paris and Gilmore. Right? Yeah. Oh, Paramore. No.
1: Something like that?
2: Parismore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This, this should have been it. gay is actually just going to be 20 minutes of Ellie and I <laughs> trying to come up with a uh, ship name for Paris and Rory that isn't terrible.
2: What's Paris's last name again? Paris. Geller.
1: Geller. God. Yeah. Why am I not? Gelmore. <laughs> Gelmore. Yeah. Okay. I could do that. I mean, Paramore has a certain flair to it, but Gelmore, you know.
2: Yeah. All right, so now that we've sort of decided on the ship name, (laughs) I feel like we should have just Q and gays for the should have been gays that are, what do you think the ship name should be?
1: Yeah, just open-ended. Or what what is it if it exists already? Yeah, and and we're just being idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Which is most likely
2: the case. That's okay. Please help us.
1: (laughs) Okay, so for anyone who didn't watch Gilmore Girls I mean I I feel like this is gonna be we're like very much dating ourselves like aging ourselves because Gilmore Girls (sighs) I think occupies a specific time and place like Gilmore Girls was huge when I was in high school was so so big people now like I feel like people a little younger than us they probably
2: binge it on Netflix or something but I feel like you still have seen Gilmore Girls
1: Yeah, and especially since they did the reboot now, like, I think people went back. Literally, I remember, like, taping it. Like, back when you used to have to, like, tape on a VHS tape, if you were going to be out of the house, tape an episode to to watch it later. Pre-DVR days. Listen up, kids. Back in the olden days. Uh
2: (laughs) Yeah. To be real, the show sort of went downhill, like... Probably last season was a little rough for me, I felt oh, like.
1: Oh, the I think it is pretty universally accepted that the last season was terrible. Like, here's what I can tell you. So a couple of years ago, because Kelsey never watched Gilmore Girls, you know, when she was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she hadn't seen the show. And I decided that, that we needed to go back and rewatch it. And one of the girls in my grad school lab was obsessed with the show, loved Gilmore Girls, had all the DVDs, yep. but refused to buy the last season. Yeah. On DVD of Gilmore Girls. So when I made Kelsey rewatch it, we never actually got through the last season. And we tried to watch it like on Netflix when they all went back on Netflix and we we couldn't make it through. It just it, just, it got so bad.
2: No, I love the show so much that I made it through the entire last season. Wow. I was sitting there like something. There's going to be something good in the season. I still no. believed in it. I still did. No.
1: And no. yet... There wasn't. There wasn't. But this is not a podcast on the last terrible season of Gilmore Girls. This is a podcast on two girls who obviously should have been together. So if you didn't watch the show, Paris and Rory are two characters. Rory Gilmore is obviously one of the main characters in the show. She is one of the Gilmore Girls. And Paris is someone that she first meets when she goes to Chilton. Academy? Mm. Is it an academy?
2: Yeah, Chilton Academy.
1: Okay. She moves from her public school in her town to a private school, and Paris is kind of like, I'm gonna say the Queen Bee of the private school, but what that means is she's like the straight A, like, overachiever.
2: Yeah, she's definitely, like, head of the class, on track to be valedictorian, and little Rory Gilmore comes in and is trying to dethrone her from her place at the top of the class of Chilton Academy. And
1: so they start out with a very very like contentious, combative relationship. And then over the course of the series, you know, I think they start to realize that they understand each other in a lot of ways. That they are both very smart, they are both very driven. Mm-hmm. They both have really high expectations for themselves. And so they kind of become, you know, like, frenemies at first, and then they have, like, a ceasefire, you know, mm-hmm. for a while, and then they end up in college uh, as roommates, you yep. know, living together. Roommates and gal pals. Roommates and gal pals. There's this lovely evolution of their relationship, there's a couple things that we can talk about in terms of why I think people could see this relationship working. Like, Mm -hmm. what is it that people see there, you know? Because obviously, there's something about any time that you have that initial, just raw hatred, you know?
2: Yeah, there's a fine line between that and love, huh? Is that twisted? I don't know. They have very passionate feelings about each other Mm -hmm. right from day one, you know? If
1: they were, you know, a heterosexual interaction, that is a very common journey to have, you know, the two people that are kind of, like, fighting for the same place, who are very similar in so many ways, who hate each other at first, and then eventually... Fall in love! Fall in love! You know, I think, like, we see that a lot, and you don't see it because they're two girls, I still think it it works in a lot of ways the way that the show portrays it. I think there's something really nice about seeing seeing two women who are very academically talented and academically driven learning to respect that in each
2: other mm-hmm. and not compete with each other yes. as much as or much. use that competition to fuel themselves. So <laughs> well, they and they end up working at the same um newspaper in college too. But I think there's just there are there's a lot of ways in which Paris and Rory
1: would definitely have worked.
2: hmm Well, I think it's that opposites attract kind of thing, too. Or, like, opposites complement each other. Yes. And, right? Because Paris is so much. Like, she's so high-strung. <laughs> she's a lot. She's a lot to handle. Rory is obviously more low-key... She's this, like, stereotypical, sweet kind of girl, right? Yeah, she's the hometown girl. Yeah, she changes a lot through the series. But she's definitely more compassionate, let's say, than Paris. Well, and I think
1: she's humanized in a way that Paris isn't, especially at first. You know, Paris starts out, no one likes her. Mm -hmm. Everyone's afraid of her. You know, she kind of doesn't have a lot of close friends. She doesn't have a really you know, kind of tight-knit family unit in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, she has uh, her nanny, right? Like yeah. she, she has her really cute relationship with her nanny, but, like, she doesn't have a relationship with her parents. She's an only child. Like, I think Paris is sort of isolated in so many ways that Rory isn't, you know, mm-hmm. where they, they portray Rory as being a little socially awkward still, because, of course, you know, it was the early 2000s and she was smart, Uh, And a woman, (laughs) so so you you have to portray that
2: as awkward. Can't have an outgoing, cool, smart girl, no. Yes.
1: But I think, you know, she wasn't isolated in the way that Paris was always isolated. And I think what I love about how this ship works in some ways is... Rory does become that person who, like, breaks through that isolation for Paris, you know? Mm -hmm. She really reaches out and she gets to Paris and gets Paris in a way that I think no one else in the show does. Yes, Especially by the end, like, by the time they're in college and by the time they're living together, I think they understand each other in a way that I'm not sure anyone else in the show understands either of them quite as well.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, if you want to talk about other relationships where people don't understand each other i mean we can go into paris's relationship with doyle which is like (laughs) (laughs) i actually sort of like it so i'm not even gonna hate on it but i mean i just love i love the actor who plays i love doyle i just love doyle period i love him
1: as doyle i love him as jonathan and buffy he's just great i think you're right i think there's it's different her relationship with doyle is different than her relationship with rory
2: i would say it's not as soft yeah Right? Like, I feel like she's much harsher with Doyle. Exactly. It's not as equal. I don't think
1: she treats Doyle as... I think she's more gentle with Rory than she is with Doyle. In the long yes,
2: long. because because yeah. they're lesbians. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, a majority of the TV show revolves around Rory's relationships. Yes. Which are all shit shows. They're a mess. They're a hot mess. Even in the revival, we don't even need to talk about the revival, but like, Rory, you need to get it together.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like, having watched it in high school, the relationships were very different when I watched it then versus when I rewatched it, like, in grad school. Oh, you know? yeah. When
2: I first watched it, I was like, oh, Dean is so cute. I love Dean. And then I'm like, right? wait, he was emotionally abusive. Yes, he was the worst. He was such a little bitch about everything. Yeah. Oh, you're not, you didn't tell me you love me back. So Uh, it uh. was
1: terrible. And then same thing. Like, I felt like I loved her relationship with Jess when I was in high school. Like you rewatch it and I'm like, do they ever actually see each other and or have a conversation? No. It's a very weird relationship the way it's portrayed. Jess is terrible. You know, you're like, Jess, just stop being a little shit about everything. Talk out of your whole mouth, not just the side of your
2: mouth. (laughs) why Why? yeah and he has I, this whole like brooding kind of thing going on that like yes. makes it so he they let him get away with being a dick i'm like no because yeah. no one understands me yeah you're tortured no mm. no i read a lot you know what jess shut up <laughs> so does the paris you know who reads so- more than you paris
1: <laughs> paris paris has read more books than you i guarantee yeah. it yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad in hindsight, like, re-watching the show when I feel like her relationship with Logan was probably the most well-adjusted relationship that she had. And still it was like, ugh. And it, yeah, it was just Logan is not is not right for her, you know?
2: Yeah. Now Paris, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, go, go back to Paris. And Rory just makes horrible decisions when it comes to men. Yes, like lots of cheating, lots of like can't decide between two or three of them, like always in some sort of weird triangle. Well, and I think because part of it is
1: like the way that Rory looks for validation in those relationships, it never feels like she demands respect from them the way that she does and has, you know, over the course of her relationship with Paris. I think she and Paris have a very equal footing. In their relationship with each other.
2: Which neither of them have with any of the men in their lives.
1: Exactly.
2: Right? Yes. I oh my it- God. This is, this is brilliant. <laughs> like This is a beautiful psychological study. Like I didn't know where this was going and now yeah. I'm like, wow.
3: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: But then you start to think about it, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, of course none of these relationships worked. Like, of course, every guy that Rory dated, like, it was just a hot, flaming mess.
2: Because she was meant to be with Paris
1: she was meant to be with Paris. You know the other thing that I think would have been great about that is can you imagine a more epically slow burn romance. Yes, than please. Paris and Rory. I mean, like think about if they actually had gotten together like in college or something, right? Like think about the
2: journey that that would have been of watching that relationship progress. Can you imagine the even more epic slow burn? They didn't even get together till the revival. Oh, God. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. But they're both single. That's all I'm going to say.
1: They're both <laughs> single
2: in the revival. It was right there. It, it, it was, was right just, there for you to take. It was sitting right in front of you. Writers, come on. Come on. I don't know I was so unlucky in love. Side eye. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Get it together.
1: You know, there are so many relationships on that show that were so poorly developed. And most <laughs> of them were the romantic relationships on that show. Yes. You know, like, I think it's the same reason that so many people were against Lorelai and Christopher. Like, it's just, it didn't develop. It never developed the way a relationship needed to develop, you know? The men that they dated, that the Gilmores dated, always felt like they were, like, dragging them backwards.
2: Yes. I feel like that's sort of the point, though. Like, they were always outside because the central relationship of the show is between Rory and her mother. Yes. And Lorelai. So it's like that's the relationship you most care about and then you care about the other relationships between the the women and Lorelai and her mother. Yeah. The men in general were sort of out were on the outside yeah. for most of the show.
1: They were it's also you know I think it's one of the reasons that a lot of people started to get irritated with the show later on is it felt like they needed they needed to insert drama between Lorelai and Rory. Yeah, uh, And the way that they did that with Rory dropping out of college and stuff, like, think about how much better of a storyline that would have been to have, like, all of a sudden, like, hey, now I'm coming out, you know, and, like, that could have been a whole thing where, like, yes. you continue to watch them grow
2: instead of, like, stepping backwards. Lee, why did they not consult us when they I, were writing the last season of Gilmore Girls? It's such a shame, really, you know? I didn't even know how much I wanted Paris and Rory to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Until we've recorded this episode. Until just now. I was probably 80% on board and I'm 110% on board that Paris and Rory should have been gay.
1: Yep. Yep. They just should have been gay. Now you're like hardcore Gelmore shipper for life.
2: Yeah, Gelmore shipper for life.
1: Well, then I have some good news for you because if anyone remembers, uh, I actually, I don't even know if they still run them. I wonder if they still run them. But Autostraddle has a series called Fanfiction Friday, and I have to be honest, if Heather Hogan tells me to read anything, I will read it. So there is a Fanfiction Friday where she recommended a Paris and Rory fanfiction. It's wonderful for two reasons. One, because it is actually brilliant. And if you read, if you've watched the show and you read it, it is so in character for all of these people. Um, the other reason that I love it is it is called Boston Marriage, and I know we talked about this on yes. an episode recently. And that's what it is. It is Paris proposing a Boston marriage to Rory, and it's kind of amazing. We talked about this last time, but for anyone who doesn't know, Boston Marriage, it was the term that was used basically to describe two women who lived together, alone, without men, you know, like in late 19th century, early 20th century, frequently many of these relationships were, at the time, just unspoken lesbian relationships.
2: Yes, which is, I guess, Paris and Rory, huh? Which is Paris and
1: Rory. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's it's cute and fluffy and it's sort of amazing if you enjoyed the show. If you're looking for a really, really wonderful intro... or Rory fan fiction story, I would look up Boston Marriage as recommended by Heather Hogan on Fan Fiction Friday. It's totally worth checking out.
2: Wait, Lee, I just found it. If you pull it up, there's some dialogue here. Yeah. Just the part that Heather Hogan has outlined, and I feel like (laughs) we should read it. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to be Paris or Rory? Have you found the article? Yeah, I'm ready. The article is, Fan Fiction Friday, my 10 all-time favorite femme slash stories. There is a little excerpt underneath the Boston marriage and me and Lee are just going to read you a little, a little blurb. You want to be Paris and I'll be Rory? I'll be Paris. All
1: right. Are you doing the narrator as well? I guess I'll be the
2: narrator as well. Yes. Okay. (coughs) Ready? Uh, action. You're kidding again. Paris said, well, babbling. I like that too. Babbling. Paris said thoughtfully. Then she stood straighter and put her arms behind her back.
1: As I was saying, I would like to make you a proposal, and I would like you to do me the courtesy of seriously considering it before making a decision.
2: You have my undivided attention, Rory said.
1: I think that it's time that you face the fact that you will never find happiness with a man.
2: And seen. And (laughs) seen. Yes! Uh, And
1: accurate, Paris, accurate.
2: Accurate! She's never going to find happiness with a man. Face yes. the facts, Rory. I'm gonna read that fan fiction when we get off this.
1: I think you should. Call. It's short. It's cute. It it it's I'm not in. like it's honestly so true to the characters is what I love about it. So, anyways, so that's my recommendation. The conclusion, in a general sense,
2: is Pirates Paris and Rory, Rory. should have been gay. Should have been gay. Hey guys, and happy Pride Month. This month, we'll be featuring some queer creators that we love who need funding for some really awesome projects. We hope that you can support them with a share or a like, and if you can, donate to their projects. This week, we're featuring Linz from Queer Kid Stuff. They have a Kickstarter that is ending on Friday, June 8th, and they can use all the help they can get to keep making their web series. Pardon the audio on Linz's end for this conversation. We had some less than ideal recording conditions, but they had some great things to say about Queer Kid Stuff, so we still wanted to include our conversation. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Linz from Queer Kid Stuff. Hey, Linz. Thanks for joining me. Hello. So why don't you tell our listeners what Queer Kid Stuff is?
0: Yeah, so Queer Kid Stuff is my LGBTQ plus educational web series for kids, all ages, I usually say like 3 plus or 3 to 7 years old, and I make uh, YouTube videos.
2: Very cool. So you guys have a Kickstarter going on right now. Could you tell our audience what that funding is going towards?
0: Yeah, so we do have a Kickstarter going on. Uh, So that funding is for our final two seasons of episodes uh, seasons four and five we're in the middle or almost at the end of season three right now and i want to make two more seasons uh we've been funded through a couple micro grants before this but we really have been you know shoestring budget from the get-go and i really just i want to kind of go out with a bang and have these amazing two seasons that we end on and that means we needed some money so turn to kickstarter
2: completely understandable and we are very big on supporting queer content here and sometimes that means giving funding to the queer projects that you love so we really wanted to help share that kickstarter if they want to find the kickstarter where can they find it
0: yeah so it's linked in every social media platform queer kid stuff is on it's just at queer kid stuff kid stuff it's not kids stuff. That is a common misconception. And yeah, we're on YouTube and the link's all over there. It's, we're on Kickstarter for the crowdfunding campaign.
2: Great. And I just wanted to speak a little bit to why we think this project is so important. I think we all know that LGBTQ plus people are treated as if it's something dirty and that kids shouldn't know about. And with Queer kids Stuff, it makes all of these LGBTQ plus people more accessible and teaches kids that it's okay to be gay, it's okay to be non binary, it's okay to be trans, and that all of these things are normal. Yeah,
0: there's just this, there's a huge misconception um, among just, and like stereotype that if you're talking to kids about uh, queerness and gayness, that you're talking to them about sex and therefore gay sex. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. It's just, it's a misconception. And um, a lot of what I'm doing is kind of pulling that apart and trying to talk about queerness in terms of identity, in terms of family structure, in terms of love, romance, relationships, and particularly gender. And none of those things have to do with sex. So you can give an explanation of these things without getting into territory that isn't age appropriate so that's a lot of the work I'm doing is kind of undoing that stigma and then you know just reaching out to kids and either kind of representing queer kids in front of them because that representation just doesn't happen yeah I identify as non-binary and that's a something I've kind of come to on the show and then my teddy bear who's my co-host my like childhood stuff animal is also non-binary <laughs> so you have these kind of like two very queer presenting um, characters on screen I, pl- I play just like a version of myself you know mm-hmm. um and so it's getting representation in front of kids and then this like straightforward education that just doesn't really exist at all uh when i was first kind of having developing the idea for the show i googled what does gay mean um because like you know a kid hears that word for the first time is like oh what does that mean and they go to google because that's what kids do now and what i found was just a dictionary def- definition a dictionary definition and uh, resources for educators and parents, but there was nothing that was actually made for young people um, that, that were any younger than like middle school age. And you know, when you're in elementary school, preschool, like those are the years where you're asking questions and you're kind of developing your sense of the world. And it's really important to kind of get in there with like proper information so you don't have to unlearn something later. And you know, that can lead to bigotry and bullying and all that stuff. Um, so it's just kind of like nipping it in the bud right there with some like queer positive reinforcement. Yes. Love it.
2: Yeah. So for all of you guys listening, that's queer kid stuff. We are hoping to have them on for a full episode, but for now we just wanted to share with you their Kickstarter. It's so important that we show our community that we support them. This is something that no one else is doing and so important. So thank you so much for listening If you want to find the Kickstarter, you can find it at Queer Kid Stuff.
0: Queer Kid Stuff and Kickstarter, or go on any of our social media. We're posting about it plenty. Great.
2: Thank you so much for joining me, and good luck with the Kickstarter. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Of course. And as a reminder, if you want to find some things that are actually gay... You can find us at Les Hangout Pod on all the social medias Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
1: Or you can email us at LesHangoutPod at gmail.com. Let us know if you have other topics, other things that you think should have been gay. We want to hear about
2: them. And if you're enjoying the podcast, you can support us at patreon.comslash Les Hangout and get access to some fun perks. You can also check out our merch. Uh, You can find our store at bit.ly slash lesshop. And we have some really awesome new Pride designs up on there that I'm so excited about. You can get our rainbow Les tank top, which I already have. Definitely wearing it for Pride. We've also just partnered up with Modern Queer Apparel, which is a queer-owned t-shirt company. And they have some awesome designs. Some of my favorites are Hip Hip I'm Gay Or, uh, (laughs) fiercely femme, which we all know I will be getting. And if you want to support us in a way that is completely free, you can listen to us on Radio Public, and that's at bit.ly slash leslisten. And with that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's
0: hang out.